Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Today, we're going to be talking about how parents can implement more activities of gratitude in their home. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and welcome to my Inspire and Learn series, where real parents come on and tell their story of inspiration and learning. Because a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And today we're going to be learning from Stephanie Jones. Stephanie Jones gave a gift every day for 522 days, and that journey has completely changed her life. Now she is on a mission to inspire others to give and practice gratitude daily. She hosts an inspiring podcast, Giving Your Best Life, and Stephanie is a best-selling and award-winning author. And as a TEDx speaker, she loves sharing her message from the stage. So today, she's going to teach us how we can implement more gratitude into our homes and how these small shifts are going to change our home culture for the better. Thank you for being here, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. Let's go ahead and dive right in on ways that parents can illustrate giving and gratitude in our home so that we can start making this shift. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I always say it starts with our words and our actions. You know, so thinking about before we can ask kiddos to to do something, uh, we should make sure that we're doing it ourselves. So thinking about the words that we speak, I always say when you're watching TV and if it's a political or an actor or someone, how are you talking to the TV? What are the kids hearing you say? Um, you know, because our words are a great gift that we can give, but they can also be a detrimental gift that we can give. So ensure that we're speaking words of kindness, encouragement, building children up. Um, And then what do our actions look like in our home? So I always love, you know, simple gifts that you can do. There's many ways that you can gift, but I love, you know, especially if you have younger ones, start with the free things, gifts of smiles. You know, how do we interact? How do we make eye contact, giving hugs, you know, shaking hands. Um, I'm big on our service members and our first responders. And so teaching them, you know, when you see someone that served in the military or a firefighter, a police officer going up and thanking them for their service, you know, that's a combination of giving and gratitude. Also, when they get a gift, even if they're young, three or four years old, is writing a handwritten thank you note. Um, If they're too young to write, have them draw a picture and then, you know, write a note for them and send. And I always say that's a a gift that, you know, the older that they get, the more important that it, it can become. I love those ideas. I like especially the thank you notes and going up to service workers and having that role modeling of giving gratitude and saying thank you to people who serve our community that that we just want to say thank you to. That's just a great role model, role modeling for parents and the whole thank you, um, thank you notes. So that one uh, is personal to me also as I got into the habit with my own children that before they got to play with their toy, you know, whether they got a toy from Christmas or a birthday or just a surprise gift from somebody that you can take it. Of course you say, thank you, but you didn't get to play with it 
until you wrote that thank you note out. And then I, of course I sent it off to uh, whoever they needed to, or gave it right. to them. doesn't even have to go into the mail. It was more just that, that exercise of saying it's more than just words, you know, take mm-hmm. the time to actually say thank you. And it did shift their perspective on gifts completely. Um, when I started this really early in their life. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. That's awesome. I love the idea of, like you said, is really connecting the child. Like somebody gave this to you and they spent their money and we really need to be intentional. You know, I always say I'm big on intentional acts of giving or intentional um, thank yous. It's not random. You know, it's not random that we do these things. You have to be intentional to uh, make time to say thank you. Yes, that is the key. It's intentional that you're actually thinking about it. You got gratitude on top of your mind and then you're paying it forward, but it's not something you stumble upon or think about it last second. (laughs) It is intentional. Yeah, not at all. I think the other thing too about gratitude is how do you incorporate it into your home is thinking about your mornings, you know, whether if you're sitting and the kiddos are having breakfast or on the way to school is a great if you're driving them. Okay, you know, pay attention, look out the windows, what can we be grateful for? You know, is it sunny out today? Maybe it's raining, but hey, we've got raincoats. So we're grateful that we have raincoats or an umbrella, just to start paying attention. That's something that we can do as adults is pay attention all around us. We have a choice of how we look at a situation wherever we're at. We can always find good in it. And then also at the dinner table at night, or, you know, if you're on the way to a sporting event or whatever it is your children are involved in is asking that question. What's one thing that you're grateful for today? And everybody answer it, not just the kids, but, you know, mom and dad, the caretaker, whoever is set that as a habit. Um, In the beginning, you might hear the same things over and over again. I always say adults are always like, I'm thankful for my health, my family, my job, a roof over my head. And that's a great place to start, but really start paying attention um, to the other day. I love to watch sunsets. So taking that time to pause and just be grateful for a really beautiful sunset. And a bird flew up to the window that I was at, like went on the ledge. And I was just grateful for seeing like that little color. It was like a little red bird. And um, so it's just, again, going back to being intentional of asking the questions and then taking time throughout the day to look for those things that we can be grateful for. One of these things that I want to point out to parents that I love about what you're saying is that as parents, we're leading the pack. We're leading this, uh, this new habit in our household. We're not just saying you should be grateful and go, what are you grateful for? But we're contributing and we're Mm -hmm. leading with our own gratitude because as many people, I know you've heard it before parents, but kids do not do what you say. They do what you do. Uh, they're always watching. It's just so important that we remember that if we want to implement this into our home and really have our kids on board is we got to do it ourselves. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm not a parent, but I'm a aunt to, well, I'm kind of like a mom to a lot of girls and my, you know, like people that just need a mother figure, but you know, my niece and nephews that I have, and it really, I had started getting my niece when she was three or four involved in giving projects that I was doing and really didn't realize the impact until in school, she had to write about 
who is a great leader in your life? And she picked me. And the reason was, is because of giving and generosity. And she spelled that out. And I thought, wow, we really do. Kids take in, you know, what you have them involved in and what they're doing. And I just thought that was really cool how she took, saw leadership in giving go hand in hand, which we do see that, um, you know, when you're, you're giving, you do become more confident, you know, you're more inclusive, you're, um, you, you can grow a diverse group of friends that you have, you can see somebody in school who, um, you know, may not have other friends, and you learn how to engage and talk and, and really be able to be grateful for what you have, if other people don't have maybe some of the things that you do. Um, so it's, I love that leading um, because kids are going to do and they see and they learn from those things. Now, one of the things that parents struggle with is getting our kids to be grateful, um, especially if they just nowadays, it feels like they feel more entitled. That's how parents feel. We feel like our kids might be a little bit more entitled than what we were when we were kids. So we're trying to instill this gratitude. But do you have specific suggestions for parents who are trying to shift that mindset in being grateful and not taking everything for granted? Like what could we do as parents to kind of encourage that, that type of behavior? Yeah, I think it's exposure to others that maybe don't have what you have, you know, because sometimes we're in this box and we think everybody has a house and everybody has food and a refrigerator with food in it. Um, I'm actually involved in a project called Lessons with Love with a school in Malawi, Africa. Um, and so I love to talk. I um, have gone into several schools where I'm teaching third and fourth and fifth graders about what it's like to live in Malawi, Africa. You know, many of the kids don't have homes. They definitely don't have beds. You know, they don't have shoes. And the conversation and those kids, you know, really coming to the realization like, oh, my gosh, there's there's children out there that don't have these things. And, and yes, there's kids in the United States that don't have those things, but it's, it's the exposure. It's finding places in your community that they can go volunteer. Maybe it's a soup kitchen. Maybe it's a food pantry. Um, you know, it, it's that access and proximity um, to then be able to teach them, you know, of why they should be grateful for what they have, because not everybody has what they have. And, and then it's, it's repeating it and it's the, um, continued exposure. You know, it's not just a, a one-time conversation. And, um, you know, I think that's, that is one of the, you know, it's not easy because you have to do your research and you have to find uh, places and organizations and it takes time. But I really do feel that's also how kids become compassionate, you know, when they start learning, um, you know, maybe what they have taken for granted and realize that not everyone um, is like them. I also think, too, is teaching them to be content with what they have and don't go overboard. Don't be giving so much um, to them. And if so, it's okay. How can we then take what we have, maybe some of our excess, you know, uh, shoes that we've outgrown, clothes, toys, and find places in those in the community where we can donate it um, to 
to maybe give to somebody else that doesn't have that. So we're not about accumulating stuff in things that's not important in our life. We're going to be content with what we have. Um, and then we're going to give our excess away as we get it, especially if it's, you know, new or gently used. Um, those types of things can, you know, also create that conversation. One of the things that I love is really getting out there with my kids and having them experience it because I mean, yes, I, we have been all over the world and they can see pictures of poverty and people who have definitely way less than my own children, but there is nothing as impactful as them seeing it for themselves, like taking the shoes that they're going to donate and going to the place where they're, they're making that donation and seeing the, the people who are excited to get those shoes. Um, right. I just find it that it's just that much more impactful for the children where they can finally internalize what that feels like to, to be grateful. Cause those kids are grateful for the shoes yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to, to watch that. It, it just, mm -hmm. Pictures don't do it justice. Uh, it does help. It's better than nothing. Um, but to actually experience it has been a game changer, at least in my household. Yeah, I agree. I, I go back to when I was a child. I can remember we were we volunteered two areas, one at a soup kitchen. It was very one of the most, you know, probably impactful things I did as a child. And then also we volunteered. And I don't know if you can still do it now that we're post COVID or how long, but at a Ronald McDonald um, house serving families whose children were in, um, you know, the children's hospital and families were staying and, you know, we cooked a meal and we're serving it to the families. Um, and so it, again, it's that getting involved and seeing it. I can remember my dad was a volunteer firefighter in our community. Um, and there was a young man and his son that came and asked for food. And I got to see my dad, you know, say, Hey, there's a local, you know, it's called the malt bar, go up there and um, tell them to get whatever you need. And I'll come up, tell them, you know, my dad, Peter Stanger will come up and pay for it. My parents didn't have a lot of money. I didn't know that as a child, but um, you know, my dad going up and paying and they had only bought like a hamburger and water, you know, like they didn't over get. And I just remember thinking, wow, like somebody came and asked, for food, you know, again, another exposure where I got to see it, but I also got to see how my dad responded to that and just helped somebody, no questions asked. And, um, you know, that I was probably four or five, really, really little. I had to ask him about it one day, like, do I have this memory right? And he's like, how do you remember that? We were at the fire station. I was cleaning fire trucks. You were with me. So... I think a mistake that a lot of parents make when they're trying to find community service activities is they make it way too complicated when really it also could be just going to a neighbor, an elderly neighbor, for example, who can't shovel their driveway and seeing the excitement when you shovel it for him or her, no questions asked, you know, not just doing it and then, you know, going up to their door and saying, you know, we're just checking on you, making sure you're okay. That great. They see those people. I just don't think it has to be all that complicated. These great like soup kitchens. We've all done it too. Like I love them. They're very awesome, but it doesn't have to be that complicated parents. You can find your neighbors, even family members who need help. Um, getting your kids out there is just the most important thing. 
Yeah, you're spot on. Um, you know, we always joked growing up, some of our best friends were older people because my mom was always, you know, baking, you know, uh, going back to excesses, if she was baking or cooking, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort, especially if you have an elderly person that lives close or maybe a widow, somebody that just lost a spouse is making a little bit extra, you know, so that you and your family can take it over there and to check in on them. Um, that's another thing I love. I mean, one of my children's books is on a, a Christmas cookie extravaganza and getting kids involved in, in baking things and saying, okay, though, we're not going to keep everything for ourselves. You know, maybe it is taking it to that custodian at school or, you know, like you said, one of your neighbors or just somebody that you know in the community that could be uplifted is there's a lot of things that we can do in our home and make and and just pay attention to the people around us. I always say on my, you know, you mentioned in my intro, I gave a gift every day for 522 days. And the biggest part that I was able to do that was just looking around, looking around and paying attention and teaching our kids to do the same thing. Not everything has to be scheduled and on the calendar. One of the secret sauce things that uh, I've learned as a parenting coach is that when you have a child who is struggling with their mental health, uh, particularly with depression, uh, one of the things that could really help children is community service, is getting out and giving. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, have you seen that type of benefit with the giving and the gratitude and what other benefits have you seen by doing this with your kids? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's not that we're just saying like these things are are good. There's actually a lot of science and research behind both giving and gratitude of decreasing depression, decreasing anxiety. You know, as as we get older, it decreases your blood pressure. So there's there's actually science and research and people have studied. Um, but I was listening to a parent the other day, and that's what she was saying is really coming out of the pandemic. Her daughter's been struggling. And they got her involved in community service. And she said it was like one of the first times she saw her daughter light up, be excited when she came home and had these different conversations of people that she was able to help. And it really does do something to our brain. You know, we get that hit of dopamine. So I do think it's important, but you have to be doing it consistently in your life if you want to see the effects, uh, you know, the, the mental health effects of it um, and having that that not only habit, which you've got to start somewhere um, in that discipline, but turning it into a lifestyle for your kids. That's why I love to have kids have gratitude journals. One, it's very cathartic to write out, um, especially if your kids are, are like to write, but it's also something that if they don't like to write, it can be really short of just being intentional of writing down and then collecting those. So when they are having a bad day, they're not stuck in that moment. They can go back and see, oh, wait, I do have a lot of things that I can be grateful for in my life. This is, I'm having kind of a bad day, but there's all these good things in my life. And what can I focus on that is good? You know, we have to look for the good some days and, and it can be really tough. Um, but if we look for it, we'll usually find something out there. I have also heard of a gratitude jar, which I thought was great mm -hmm. for little kids who don't want to do the journaling, like you said, yeah. um, just that quick note and then put it in the jar. And then you can wait to see when the jar fills up, you know, you can read them or, or even reward your child for being great, you know, 
having gratitude that whole time. It's, it's pretty awesome. I've seen gratitude jars. I love those because again, you know, then you can pull it out, you can have a conversation, but also I've seen, um, you know, little like cork boards where people will put the little post-its or stickies, you know, and you'll put them on there and, and family members can walk by or where you have family members names and you can write what you're grateful for about them. So there's a lot of creative ways. Um, I'm also big on giving jars too. So teaching your children as they get money, um, especially as they get older, is just putting 10, 10% in that jar and then deciding how you're going to use it. And it doesn't have to be for a nonprofit and it can be, you know, a nonprofit and a charity, but it also might just be, Hey, we've noticed somebody in our community that could use a little boost. You know, let's, let's do something with this money as a family and let the kids though, pick and decide and be the decision makers of who that is going to be, and then how are you going to spend the money and let them be part of the process? They're getting to, to experience it. Um, and I think that's another thing that can be very powerful and a lot of lessons within money also. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's a fantastic idea. And with the whole financial thing, it really does teach kids that, you know, you want to take a percentage to give You're role modeling that to hopefully with your own expenses. But I love, 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 love that idea. It's so frustrating sometimes as a parent, because our kids are always on social media. And yet we're in a time where <laughs> even though we can contact anybody, and we, they're always talking to somebody. It's so shallow and kids are feeling more and more depressed and more and more disconnected from the world. So how can this exercises that you do and that you implement, how can that help with this? Yeah. So I think is when you're doing these activities, you don't have your phone with you. You know, not everything has to be I always say, you know, I give a lot. There's very little that I put on social media that's related to giving and gratitude. We don't have to document everything. We can just go experience it and be in it and be okay with, hey, kids, we're leaving our phones at home. <laughs> that may cause them to be quite anxious, but really getting into what you're doing. Same with if you're doing the gratitude when you're having that conversation is, hey, phones are away. Or if you're at the dinner table, you know, there's a basket, like thinking about being going back to that word intentional, all these things that we're talking about goes back to that word of being intentional. But everything you're doing is how do we take the phone out of it? We don't have to be documenting, we don't have to be conversing with other people. Um, because we really are we're in this society where we think we are connected, but we're not. And it's not good for our mental health. I know even as myself as an introvert and an author who would just love to sit in this cozy chair, read and write my books is you know, I have to tell myself, Stephanie, go out, get involved, sign up and volunteer. But what I found almost every time, um, and I think we'll see this too with kiddos, is we experience something great once we can get out of the house, leave our phones at home or in the car or whatever we're doing um, and start experiencing life and not just experiencing them through a little screen. 
And I think parents can scaffold that if you have a teenager who's super anxious about leaving the phone behind, you can start off with, hey, we're going to go do this community service. Let's just turn the ringer off while we're here. Mm -hmm. And then when they see that they're busy and they're not checking their phone all the time because you have them, you know, handing out and talking to people or whatever that they might be doing, whatever that community service, um, the next time they'll be a lot more willing to turn the ringer off. And then maybe you can actually scaffold that to leaving it at home. But I think that, uh, you know, as I mentioned this, just parents don't freak out. I know your your teenager is going to go, what? And then you can't even get them to go, you know, you can figure out how to scaffold this Mm -hmm. to make it so that the the kids, they could play along. I have one last question for you. And have you seen a difference in the impact it makes internally, whether or not, um, somebody who does something nice for somebody else, whether it stays private or whether they post that, because that's another thing with our, our young people nowadays, they want to post everything. And I have mixed feelings about this. On one hand, I don't, I think it's good to say, Hey, look what I did. Do you want to come with me next time type of thing? Mm -hmm. And at the same time to really make it selfless, It seems like it should be a private endeavor that does not need to be shared with the world. It doesn't, people don't need to know that you donated $250. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) What do you think on that? Yeah, it's a great point. So um, it's interesting for me because I have this balance. You know, my first book was The Giving Challenge. So it was all about, I was sharing my 522 days and I actually had someone like, message me on social media, like, why are you doing this? And why are you putting it out there? But I had a very specific reason of why I was putting it out there, because I wasn't just on a mission for me to be giving is I wanted to inspire and challenge other people's to incorporate giving into their life, same with gratitude, but then also to give people ideas. You know, I was doing this every day. And so was giving people there's hundreds, if not thousands of ways to give. So for me, I, and now I don't post every day. I still give a gift every day and I've been doing it for over a decade. It's random and rare if I post a gift, but I'll usually post if there is a specific lesson that I learned that I'm like, you can learn from my mistake or here's something that happened and maybe I missed an opportunity and I want to share that. Or, you know, the next time you're in this situation, here's a gift that you can give that I didn't think about until today. And this is what happened. Um, Or if I'm promoting a nonprofit, it is rare that I will ever put like how much money I donated. I don't even think I ever do that Um, unless I'm trying to challenge somebody. So challenge my community to to get involved. So I think you have to ask yourself, what's the intention? Why am I posting? And that's a great, great question to have a conversation with your child is why are you posting it? Is it for you to give, get something back or for you to say, Hey, look at me. I'm a kind person. If that's it, it's probably the wrong reason. But if you're like, hey, I want to inspire my friends, like you said, I want friends to come along the next time. I had a great lesson. I think those can all be great things. The other thing that I never do, I've only done it once, and there was a reason why, is anything I do with um, homeless people, the less fortunate, I never get pictures with them. I never take pictures of them. Um, 
I'm really intentional of the people that I take pictures with. And again, it goes back. Maybe there's a purpose. We have a conversation. I talk to them about it. I never post, you know, take a picture of somebody and like, hey, I gave. Um, I, that's one thing that I feel like crosses the line that I'm pretty against. Um, I've only posted, I think, one homeless person and they were playing the violin in New York City at Central Park. And it was the most beautiful like I was so touched by the gift that that lady had and I felt like her gift needed to be shared with the world. So it really wasn't about a gift that I gave to her. It was more of like, I want to recognize this lady and the beautiful talent that she has. So and parents just make it a conversation with your child and even with yourself. Sometimes I think even we need to kind of check <laughs> ourselves, and make sure that we're doing things with the right intent. And so um, yeah, because it goes back to those intentions, those intentional acts of kindness and gratitude. I love it. If people are resonating with what you're saying and they want to know more, like, hey, what are more ways I can reach out and do gratitude or just reach out to you in general for other questions? How can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So givinggal.com. Um, and I have a lot of resources there. Or if you have children who are, let's say like fourth grade or younger, givinggalbooks.com. I have two children's books, but I've got a lot of resources for parents on there. I just had actually a teacher today. They're doing the giving challenge uh, in their third grade classroom. And I love that, you know, like this teacher is taking some of those resources. So there's a lot of stuff um, to help, uh, help parents, caregivers um, to start this conversation of giving and gratitude. And so those are the two big places. If you have an inspiring story and want to share your story with the audience so that others can learn from you, please go to theimpactfulparent.com slash work with me and sign up. I hope today's episode brought value to your day. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and full of episodes just like this one that are going to help you in your parenting journey. So carry help and tips and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to it when you need it most. Plus, when you download the Impactful Parent app, you are also joining a community of like-minded parents that just want to be the best parent they can for their child. So download the app. It's free. And discover how you can step up your parenting game and become a more impactful parent. Just go to your app store, whether you have an Android or an Apple, it doesn't matter, I'll be right there. Or you can go to theimpactfulparent.com and download it from my website. But until next time, you got this parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.